2: Hello, this is Roger Daltrey of The Who, and you're listening to The Real Me Podcast. (music) Presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Teen Cancer America has made an enormous impact on the lives of young people with cancer. We recognize that this age group are too old to be treated as children, but too young to be treated as older adults making the in-between years difficult at the best of times. For 31 years, Pete Townsend and I have supported the Teenage Cancer Trust in the UK. Seeing the benefits that our specialist zones and programmes delivered for young people in hospitals made us determined to bring this idea across the pond to form Teen Cancer America. What you are about to hear are the authentic stories on how music can help teens and young adults process their experience as they fight this deadly disease. We support them by giving them the opportunity to work with professional musicians to develop an original song, from concept to fully produced recording. Join us as we hear their personal stories and reveal their real selves through the power of music. This is The Real Me. See,
3: see me, me, Hello and welcome. This is the Real Me podcast from Teen Cancer America in partnership with Pantheon Podcasts. I'm your host, Aaron Alden. Just a little bit about me I'm a singer, songwriter, producer in the recording industry, a TV and film veteran, and I am your podcast host. Each episode, we will shine a light on TCA's remarkable Play It Back program, giving adolescents and young adults or AYA cancer survivors the opportunity to rock. Today, we will be joined in the studio with our musical director, Kenley Mattis, and our guest is Play It Back artist, Nathan Hooper. Nathan is a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter-producer, he's got an incredible outlook on life, and even cancer wasn't going to stop him from writing music. We will listen to his very catchy song, DMV, Newfound Freedom, which for a teenager says it all. Let's drive. So, let's get started. First up, Kenley Mattis. Hi, Kenley. Hey, Aaron. How's it going?
4: Oh, man, it's going good.
3: Tell me what the latest is.
4: Well, I'm really excited because I tell everyone, whenever Play It Back asks a favor of anyone, they always say yes. They always say yes. It's <laughs> you like, seem so it's,
3: surprised.
4: I, you know, I just never thought that we would have such a good idea and implement it in a way that really works so well that, like, everyone will get so excited. And I just love that because it's, in some ways, it's so simple. You know what I mean? It's just just in, you know, it's in depth, it's a little more in depth than maybe some of the other music programs out there and, and whatever, it's not even about that. It's just like making music is awesome and making music with some people who've gone through some stuff that, that we all wish they hadn't gone through is, is great too because you're, you know, you're helping them. It's like, you know, and anyway, so, uh, so in that, on that note, um, You know, you're going to meet, uh, everyone's going to meet the artists from the playback arts from today, who I'll let Aaron introduce, but we, I reached out to an old friend of mine. Her name is Amy Helm. She is um, an amazing singer songwriter who also happens to be an amazing whistler. She also happens to be Levon Helm's daughter, but I don't define her as such because she's an amazing artist on her own. But, um, and she's going to do a whistling track for our next artist because we oftentimes get people to sub in or do tracks for us and she's going to do that. So we're all really excited about that. And uh, yeah.
3: Well, I'm sure everybody can't wait to hear the track that will be released sometime down the road with the infamous Whistler. Um, That's a a unique trait, and I, for one, will be first in line. (laughs) So anyways, yes, let's talk about the artist who's with us today. His name is Nathan Hooper, and not only is he an incredible uh, musician, He's got a killer voice, and he's already producing and arranging his own tracks. So everybody, let's meet Nathan Hooper. Hi, Nathan. Hello. How are you?
5: I'm, I'm doing good. How are you?
3: Good. I'm very, very excited to have you on the show today. I wanted to let everybody know when I talk about your music being up on the website, that's the Teen Cancer America website, which is teencanceramerica.org. You can go up and you can see Nathan's profile. You can read his story. You can listen to music. And that's what I had an opportunity to do before, obviously, we met up today. And I'm really impressed. Thank you. <laughs> so many times we'll get artists on that don't really have a strong musical background. They, they have ideas or they would like to learn how to be an artist. But from what I understand, you've been playing music for a really long time. Is that true?
5: Yes, I, I started playing drums when I was four years old. My dad got me my first, that's when my dad got me my first drum set and he didn't tell my mom. And so <laughs> uh, he comes home with a with a drum kit and she's like, um, what is that? <laughs> But I was happy. So yeah. I started out on the drums. And then when I was 13, I picked up the guitar and I started taking guitar lessons. And I just ran with it. And I got pretty good. And I had a really amazing teacher. That was when I was living in Nashville. Uh And now I'm in Auburn, Alabama. And I've been working with Kenley in Auburn. Yeah. And we've been meeting on Zoom meetings and all that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, Zoom, thank God for Zoom, everybody. As we all know, it's given us so much life back that we didn't have an opportunity to have when we couldn't be in the same room with each other. And especially when we're far away, which is what we talk about a lot with some of the artists, they've never had a chance to be in the same room with Kenley. You know, it's all been on Zoom. So that in itself is such an, an enormous learning lesson. But we'll talk more about your music. I'd like to start, if you don't mind, a little bit in the beginning. How old were you when you were diagnosed with cancer and what type of cancer did you have?
5: I was 16-year-old, 16, 16 years old when I was diagnosed with leukemia, T-cell, ALL, and um, it it was, I mean, a real shocker when I was diagnosed because, I mean, how do you comprehend something like that at such a young age? And, um, you know, songwriting really helped. I mean, I never really wrote any songs before I was diagnosed, but after I was diagnosed, I wrote my first song with my dad Well, while, while I was at the hospital, and it was called um, Induction Therapy Blues, and it's a blues song, obviously, because, I mean, wow. yeah, it explains itself, but um, yeah, um, when when I started meeting with Kenley, that was about a couple months after I was diagnosed, and um, he basically showed me how he writes songs and it was very similar to how I wrote my song with my dad. And that was kind of like reassuring for me. So I was thinking like, oh, I'm doing this right. Like how, uh, Kenley was, how Kenley felt when he, uh, met with, um, who was it? Uh, it was Lauren Christie, Lauren Christie. Yeah,
4: that's right. Oh Yeah.
3: yeah. That just, just a small person, (laughs) an amazing person, by the way.
4: Yeah. Yeah. She's a friend of the program. Yeah. yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Well, that's super
3: cool. So your dad's a musician as well.
4: He
5: plays the drums. Yeah. And he got me my drum set and he taught me how to play drums. But when it comes to guitar, um, I was pretty much on my own and we, I had to find uh, my guitar teacher. His name is Mike Bauer in uh, Uh Nashville, Tennessee. And he helped me so much. He gave me so much to run with. And um, I'm grateful for him. Yeah, I'm still friends with him to this day.
3: That's amazing. So now are you still in treatment or are you all done now?
5: I'm still in maintenance phase, which is the fifth phase of my treatment. And it's the last phase. And it's the one that's the easiest. So after this, then I'll (laughs) done. Thank you.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So let's get into how you first learned about the Play It Back program. How did you yeah, hear so, about it?
5: Um, my social worker, uh, Mark Smith, he works at um, uh, the UAB Hospital, Children's at, well, Children's at Alabama. And um, yeah, he just showed me this, their website. And he told me that they were started by the people from The Who, the guys from The Who. And you know I'm a really huge Who fan and I saw them in concert and so that was like when <laughs> when I was um how old was I I was about uh 8 years old I think
3: by far yeah. one of the best shows ever it doesn't matter what yes. year it is every show is mind blowing
5: Well I was I was pretty young then and I was kind of falling asleep because it was way past my bedtime but <laughs> yeah it was a good show nonetheless <laughs> Yeah, that's
3: awesome. So yeah, so you heard that? my
5: social worker did show it to me.
3: And then, how did you guys get? How did you get connected with Kenley? Kenley did did the social worker reach out to you? How did that happen?
5: Oh, we reached out to uh, Teen Cancer America, and then Kenley called us, and uh, he basically told us what we do in the program. And I had my first meetings with him, and um, yeah, we we started writing songs together, and it's it's
4: been a blast. So much fun. Yeah. That's
3: awesome. Do you have thoughts, Kenley, about when you first met Nathan?
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, the way I remember it was, you know, we have on the website there's and this is the we need a new phrase. Nathan's so creative, maybe he could think of a new phrase for this. But there's like an intake form for play it back, which is like a terrible thing to think about <laughs> Very when it's clinical. like dealing with everyone. Yes. Yeah, clinical, exactly. <laughs> but um and so we'll get, you know, I get an email. But actually, Uh, Chelsea, uh, Nathan's mom, wrote this really amazingly detailed email about like when he had started drums, when he had started guitar, like what he had done, like sent me a project of a video he had done. And like, I was, I was frankly like overwhelmed. I was like, here's somebody (laughs) who like has uh, a real deep, like, this would have been the guy who was like, I would have gotten in my bands when I was growing up because he was the dude who played everything and was really talented and just like was really creative. And so I was really excited to meet him. I got to admit, like, I was like, you know, he was the first playback artist who was, I mean, some playback artists play more than one instrument, but they're, I wouldn't say they're necessarily all multi-instrumentalists, but Nathan, because he came up playing drums and then he became such an accomplished guitar player and he's just so curious. And then he sings, you know, he's got, you know, it's just, everyone's their own thing and Nathan's his own thing. So, um, right off the bat, it was just sort of like, he, I think he might have played me, because I know, Nathan, you said you hadn't written that much before, but he would put together musical bits, like pieces, like, you know, like, uh. and so I was like, well, you know, maybe give me like five and we'll sort of like pick one to write over, you know, so that was at first, you know, what we did. And these are not like acoustic guitar into a phone. This is like him using actually something that not a lot of people, as far as I know, use today, which is like a multi-track recorder, like a four-track digital recorder, a Tascam thing. So it's kind of hard to use, actually. Yeah. And he, you know, played drums on it, played bass on it, played guitar on it, had melodies in it and, and all that. So it was really impressive and really fun. And I was just like, this one kind of hits me. What do you think? And he's like, sure, let's run with it. And so that was like the first kind of process. But as we started to do that process, like I, there was a, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, but there was a bit of a spark lit and he started to use garage band. He started to use multi-track stuff. We started to talk a little technical about like how to maybe get his drum kit into like the, I I know this might be going over some people's heads, but there's a way that you can record electronic drums and have options to change the sound. So he started to do that and then came up with the song pretty soon that we're going to talk about today. But I just want to say one thing because, you know, I feel like I'm saying this often. But with Play It Back, you know, you mentioned this, Erin, not everyone has that kind of experience or that kind of expertise. We just happen to have Nathan on today who does, you know. And I'll also say that I think Nathan would admit that he's learned a lot in this process, too. Like, however much he knows about music, like, just from communing with someone like myself who's just been doing it longer, if nothing else, we all learn from each other, as I've learned from him, too. So,
3: Yeah, that's really cool. And that is absolutely it you will always become a better anything if you're willing to put the work in and learn from people that sometimes you're not even comfortable with, you know, and especially as a songwriter, you're put in situations where you will be writing with somebody else. You may not even know them, but somehow it's how you communicate and you try to vibe together and, you know, make that art thing happen. So that's really, really cool. Well, I have actually a lot of um, thoughts about your style ahead of what we're going to listen to. Um, but what, what we should do first, let's say what the song is. The song is called Newfound Freedom DMV. Is that right, Nathan?
5: Newfound Freedom from the DMV is what it's called.
3: There we go. Okay, so what we're going to do first is let's just hear a little snippet of how the song first got started, and then we will come back and talk about it.
5: Don't know where I'm supposed to go. All the signs say to take it slow. I set the cruise to sixty-five. I've only just learned how to drive.
3: Well Clearly, as we've mentioned, you are a musician, <laughs> so you are already off to a great start. But I want to know the history of the song. How did this idea start? You know, what did you think about the beginning of the process?
5: So, for the DMV song, because I mean, the song the song title is just a little too long, but um, I I had a chord progression that was just stuck in my head, and I was playing it on the guitar, and I I thought that's pretty good, and so. Upstairs, my my parents were painting my uh, living room, and so I just grabbed my songbook right here. It's a little book that I have. It's a journal, and it's got um, chord place uh, a spot to write the chords and a spot to write the verse, the chorus, and the bridge. And um, I brought that upstairs, and um, I had a melody as well. So for me personally, um, in songwriting, there's three things that you need. It's uh, a chord progression, a melody and lyrics. And so for the DMV song, um, I had the chord progression and the melody. And so I just, and so I went upstairs to my, to where my parents were painting in my living room. And, um, I asked them if we could write a song together and, he just like shot out ideas and like, okay, what, what type of song do you want to write? And I was like, well, I'm about to get my driver's license, kind of write a song about that. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. and um, wrote down some, uh, some little phrases that we thought would evoke feelings of being at the DMV. And let me
3: angry, miserable, long waits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Excited. exactly.
5: <laughs> Excited mostly. Yeah, because yeah. don't know where I'm supposed to go. I mean, you've got many options to uh, to go once you have your driver's license. All the take it though. <laughs> set the cruise to sixty five. I've only just learned how to drive. I mean, it just rolls off the tongue there. Oh, that yeah, yeah.
3: It sure does. Well, I think you're the first person ever that has told me that they wrote a song with their parents. Yeah.
5: (laughs) I mean, it it sounds kind of lame, but my parents are pretty cool. They've got good ideas.
3: (laughs) It doesn't sound lame at all. I think that that's absolutely rock star. That's all I got to say. So what did you, so, okay. So you guys recorded the first part and then you had a chance to listen to it back. What did you think when you heard it?
5: I thought, wow, we've got something really catchy and I mean the I melody is what makes it no yeah the melody combined with the, the guitar part or with I kind of slide into the the uh the chords and it it makes it kind of funky too and yeah that's what I like most about it is the word sliding part yeah
3: I'm gonna ask you a question because normally if you say you know who you look like the idea that you think someone's going to say to you is completely different from what you hear, but I'm sure you've heard, I think, references to John Mayer before. Is that true? True? Not true? Because boy, you, you sure remind me of him.
5: Well, no, that's, that's, I consider that a compliment because it is. Yeah. But I've never heard that before. So.
3: Yeah. Your style, um, the way that you play, um, you certainly have a very distinct sound. Obviously, I can tell you've got jazz roots, funk roots, you know, all of that stuff that really goes into a, um, a a professional musician. I mean, you've got a great, great ear. So, yeah, that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy totally reminds me of John Mayer, whom I love. So I'm, I, I'm happy <laughs> yeah, that you like yeah. what I just said.
5: <laughs> yeah, he's, very he's cool. one of my favorite artists.
3: Oh, well, there you go. Maybe it was, it was influenced and you didn't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Kenley, did you have any thoughts once you got into it and you heard how things were going?
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, I want to just mention that what, what seems to happen with everyone is everyone has their own tastes, you know? And I think that it's interesting to see so many young people now have very eclectic tastes because they have access to so many different things and then plus and I relate to this with Nathan in the sense that like for me my older sisters exposed me to stuff that I otherwise wouldn't have being whatever the age I was and when I came up and I think that Nathan's parents are very I mean I've had more experience with his mom in this but they're very have very cool taste And they're very into like this sort of blues angle. I mean, I know they're into more than that. And Nathan, for instance, I mean, I don't want to speak for people, but I have to say, but no, (laughs) but I have to say that I know a lot of the young people pretty well now. You know, we, we see each other pretty much every week, you know, individually. And so Nathan and I talk a lot about music. And there's one band in particular called Ween, for instance the very talented love musicians, very creative with a little bit of like a sense of humor and a lot of stuff. And I think that Nathan gets that and he likes that. And I think that comes through with his stuff, you know, that he's kind of like, sometimes I feel like it's people who are really advanced musically, like Frank Zappa, for instance, mm-hmm. who can then take the lyrics and really stretch it and don't have to feel like they have to write a straight up love song or something that we've maybe heard the theme before. I've never heard a DMV song before. No. And he's got four other songs that have themes that maybe I haven't heard before, too. And I think it's because of his artistic sensibility, you know, which comes from many different places, including his parents and just his own curiosity. So that all being said, I mean, I'm now trying to, like, go back and remember exactly how this went down. Because things have evolved with Nathan, where we would do more stuff like kind of, okay, he had it like once. And I don't know, Nathan, you correct me. Is this the song that you had a chord progression idea and then told me what to play and then I played it in or what's that wasn't this one or was that this one
5: that was this this song because um okay yeah um I I wrote the song at my house and then when we had toured it I was out of town I was in Birmingham for actually I was in Birmingham for treatment and um I didn't bring my guitar with me I only had harmonica I think but um that's right and you yeah. play the harmonica too yes i play the harmonica too <laughs>
4: yeah um, <laughs>
3: uh, you're, you're, um t- you're like a triple threat that's all it's <laughs>
4: gonna be like a quintuple fr- threat before the year is over I bet <laughs> yeah andley so. um, played the the i i told yeah. the chord progression to
5: him i said it was b b minor and then e major seven no e e dominant seven or <laughs> yeah uh i forget um a and d major. i will say
4: this though you know this was really telling of him too because truthfully nathan's a very accomplished guitar player and the fact that we were like we had a session he's like yeah i'm in i'm in this hotel in birmingham like dealing with my treatment stuff but i had this idea let me tell you how to play it so he basically told me how to play it produced my guitar part. I played like a rhythm part. Oh, wow. Then he produced the bass part. He told me what to play with the bass part. Then I threw the tracks back to him and he laid down some guitar parts and he laid down some lead parts. And then he put down a, like, and we can get more into that. Like maybe we could even pause for a second and go to the next segment of the song.
3: That's it. You're you read my mind. Let's do that. Cause I can't wait to see where this goes. So let's listen right now and we'll come right back.
5: Got some places. I need to- Take you with me for a modest feet. I know a place past Lakeshore Drive.
3: Okay, so was that the part that you were talking about, how that all transpired?
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so cool that he, it's something I talk to a lot of people about. He's not, even though he's so creative and he can play every nook and cranny of all his songs, he's not precious about things. He just wants to express it and get it out. Again, I don't want to speak for Nathan. This is my experience with Nathan, and I can't see him right now, so I don't know if he's nodding or not. But, you know, that was my experience on this song. And what's so cool about it is that, like, this song was like a launching pad. Because I think he, you know, he saw the process of what we did and and how we did it and what we added and subtracted and how we arranged stuff together, and you know, he's the president of the song, so he decided. Um, but um, once we went through this process, then he started to come to me with like fully formed productions off of GarageBand, which he never, as far as I know, never really used to do before we started doing this. And I think it's just the natural progression of that artistic creative creative curiosity that, um, he obviously embodies. So, you know, this is such a cool song to look back on because it was a real cool collaboration because I just was like his session cat for a little bit. And then he was his own session cat. And then he sang everything and did, and actually, Nathan, this is really cool. So this is one of those Happy accidents, right? Now, I, I forget. We talked about happy accidents, Erin, on, on the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where, who yeah. was the one who popularized that idea? Because I learned it from Eric Bazilian, who is a great songwriter.
3: I don't know. It's just always something that I've said, you know, and, and um, any session I was in, no matter where it was, if I was working with a new artist, I'd say, listen, I want you to know that this is a place where you can feel totally comfortable to make a lot of mistakes. And that's what the writing process is yeah. about. So I don't... Maybe you heard it from Bob me. Bob <laughs> Ross,
4: exactly. That's right. That's exactly Bob what I was Ross, thinking. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. Bob we were just Ross. Our, our, oh, our producer behind the scenes just told us. Bob Ross, <laughs> our producer. Jerry. Uh, Thanks, Jerry. So, okay. Bob Ross, right? So, but what I'm going to get is I'm looking at this track right now and I'm seeing there's two vocals and what happened was Nathan has GarageBand, right? And he didn't. Wasn't using it and he did use it. And we somehow, in the conversion of the vocal, it made it like up a third or something weird. It was weird. But when we put, when we found a way to not make it up that, you know, that interval, and then we played them both together, it had this really cool harmony happening throughout the whole thing. It was like we put a harmonizer on it. It was a total accident. And we were both like, that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> let's
3: keep wow. it. So, like, yeah. that,
4: that's what ended up happening with the vocal. So that part
5: just sounds so cool and you hear that and you think, what is that? And it, it, one of those accidents happened and it, it was totally by mistake, but it, it makes the song way better.
3: I love when that happens. It's very cool. Well, before we go deeper into building the track, your parents are with us today. I see them. So why don't we bring them on with us right now? We are fortunate enough to have Nathan's mom, Chelsea, and his dad, Tim. So hello to you both. I I love to have the parents come on, obviously, so that we can talk about, you know, Nathan's story, your story as a family, and really how music has been incorporated into this whole journey. So I just want to start a little bit from the beginning. Um, obviously Nathan uh, was diagnosed with cancer and he started treatment. How, how did this affect you guys as a family? And uh, by the way, I forgot to ask Nathan, um, how, how were you first diagnosed? What happened to get you to the, the point of diagnosis?
5: Um. So it was in the spring of 2020 and I had these really swollen lymph nodes not that it was a sinus infection. And it was, we, I was also on this, this medication for acne. And, um, we thought maybe that could have been a cause for it, but, um, that's actually one of the signs for leukemia is swollen lymph nodes. And so we didn't really know that that could have been one of the outcomes. Well,
0: that was an understatement. They were quite large. And uh, yeah. we had to take him into his pediatrician. Um, I actually took him to the doctors. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, um, it was interesting because the, 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 the staff really started picking up the pace and they came back in for some additional testing. And uh and then um they came out and the the doctor actually called me outside of the room and uh he he was I was the first to know and uh that just mm, yeah that was that was pretty t- tough. Um I, I think what was perhaps maybe tougher was um mm, having to come home and tell my wife. That was really really tough. Oh yeah. But we um we made it through.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was your um, process like? Because I know we were during COVID. So that must have been really difficult of he's in treatment, trying to get you and your wife to be there while he's going through that. Did they let you both come in? Was it one at a time? How, how did you guys cope through that period? Yeah.
1: So um, So first of all, our, our pediatrician was like super responsive and amazing. He called, you know, to... children's hospital ahead for us you know and said this is who you need to talk to these are the things you need to say you know to get what you need quickly you know and all of that and he's like do you have any problems you know call me back on my cell phone and you know he kind of helped kind of was point person the whole time and the files you could get them directly to them myself and
0: yeah we had a pretty big punch down list just from the first visit
1: yeah yeah so they were like you know the appointment was on Friday and they you need to go to the hospital like tonight, you know, yeah. so go now, you know, <laughs> which was good, really good advice because once we got there, of course, like you mentioned, there's COVID procedures. We them, they were just calling one parent in, you know, with, um, with a child. Um, and um, so we got to the ER and they were kind of expecting us. So, you know, they called the hematologist on call and then he was the one who came in and talked to us about it, which was, which was good because like, you know, a specialist, and you know, he had obviously, you know, delivered news like this before, you know, and that kind of thing it was very like, yeah. understanding, you know, and and support, and, you know, look, you know, our goal is always cure, always, 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 you know, so that's, that's going to be what we're that's our that's what we're working, with, you know, so from the very beginning, you know, his whole team and everybody who was working with him. Um, you know, was focused on that. And so, um, you know, it's really a team effort because there's, you know, a dietician, there's um, hematologists and oncologists, you know, and there's residents, you know, who are also learning, you know, the process to, to at any time. And um, so, but yeah, so it was just he and I, you know, over the weekend, you know, and then we had to kind of wait because they didn't want to do anything of The weekend, because they have to wait for the main oncologist to be there on Monday, and then that's when all the activity would start as far as testing him to figure out, what was it, um, because that determines the course of treatment and all of that, but they did a great job, you know, getting him, you know, into um, you know admitted to the hospital and feeling comfortable because right away they want to put a port in you know so i mean that's basically yeah. surgery right away and then they start aggressive treatment in that first month you know yeah. very very quickly you know to get things turned around which was effective and worked you know but, but so since we were there over the weekend um you know that was actually really good to put him in a better place to have to receive all of those other treatments the following week. Um, and of course, all of the nurses just being really nice. And and from the beginning, you know, Nathan really shared like his love of music, you know, ever since he was like first admitted there, you know, like first thing he did was, because I went down with him and we just grabbed bags and, you know, an overnight bag and went down super quick. And, you know, he called, yeah he, I called, he called yeah, he called Tim on, you know, on Sunday and said, can you bring me my guitar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really bored. Yeah. Can you bring him my guitar
5: <laughs> i mean there's not much else to do
0: except maybe yeah. play a few yeah. chords well what we what we did is uh uh my wife was there for what the, about the first week and a half honey
1: well you you came up and then we were there we were there we were able yeah. to be there together because he was in he was hospitalized yeah. so they allowed two people two parents mm-hmm.
0: and you and know, then and then she went great. uh to uh, actually uh, reacquaint ourselves with her our <laughs> with our daughter <laughs> yeah. um so I was there and um so we, we actually my son and I we wrote uh we, we wrote one of his songs that that he ended up recording induction therapy blues um it's a blues song and, and we were we were feeling every bit of the blues being in the hospital and um but that's that's what came out from the process
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: yeah
3: so cool you you are the first group of parents that I've talked to that actually were involved in the songwriting process, which I think is so great. Um, and obviously from what Nathan said, um, you guys were so instrumental pun intended, I suppose, uh, that you introduced music to Nathan at such a young age for, Playing the drums and then the guitar, uh, I, I just think that that's phenomenal and and so wonderful that he had that with both of you. What did you think about when you first heard about the program?
0: You know, um, Mark Smith, we got to give him a lot of credit for for giving us that referral um, because we thought, ah, this is you know just due to the downtime that that you you incur in the hospital, in the waiting rooms, in all the treatment rooms. You, know, you need something to occupy your mind with. And I thought, well, you know, since is really new music, this is going to be right up his alley. We didn't really need, know too much about it when we first started, but you know, you guys just, you know, walked us right through it. And then of course, um, you know, Nathan just, just, uh, you know, took off with it. And, uh, it, that, that really kind of helped handle a lot of his, um, his thought process and, and energies and, um, Get his mind, I, I guess, percolating in a more productive manner than just sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself because that that does <laughs> that serves no purpose at all. It's it's not good. Yeah. And so that we we just
5: went from there. Yeah. For me, I think the community was very important because I mean, you you don't really know that many people who have the same experience as you do, but I mean except for those, those people that were in the induction room with you. And I mean, it's kind of awkward to go up and say, Hey, what's your name? Right,
3: right.
1: Yeah. And it's an awkward situation. So like a teenager too, cause you're in this room and it's just like, you know, it's pediatric. So it's anything, you know, babies to age, you know, sometimes kids in their treatment yeah. because they started treatment, you know, when they were under 18, you know, so, and it is kind of awkward. They can't really talk to each other cause there's all this equipment and all of this kind of thing. So I would definitely, think that I, you know, I can see how that really helped Nathan to have this community where they, you know, do the music Mondays, you know, because to have, you know, some connection with, um you know, peers of your same age it's group, huge. you know, who are going through the same experiences yeah. as you and who have a love of music as you do, yeah. you know, that and, and to be able to connect over Zoom, you know, especially during COVID, you know, not only because of COVID, but because, you know, just treatment schedules and also being different places in the country and all of that, um, you know, that really kept him going. I and mean, it was like his highlight of the week, you know, to do music Mondays and also to work with Kenley. Like we basically arranged our schedule around that, you know, because that was like the key of the week, you know, was, was, you know, the thing he was looking forward to because he did online school the whole, the entire year last year because of treatment. Yeah. But this, so this was a true highlight and, you know, just being connect with other kids at you the know, same age and hear those experiences and all that. So um, that was definitely, um, you know, such an, an uplifting experience at a time that was, you know, a very, very difficult time for him was was huge.
0: Yeah, Things that I've observed is... When when Nathan was going through different types of treatment, he, some of the his, his musical expression would kind of shift and change. I mean, particularly when he <laughs> I hate to say this, when he was on steroids, he would just come out with some just wicked metal stuff. I'm like, what are you what is going through your head, man?
5: I honestly have no idea what he's talking about
0: because I don't know. <laughs> he, <just remember laughs> <of> <laughs> I
2: mean,
5: he just totally blanks him out.
0: He becomes a different persona. And um it, it's it's you know i mean but that's how he expresses himself through you know through his instruments and and whoa okay getting out of your system there, i now. wish i
5: recorded some. actually no i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear that
1: <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of it's organic yeah but it's kind of environmental a little bit too because it's like whatever we happen to be doing at the time because of the schedule you know so like for example you were in when he goes to treatments, we have to travel two hours to Children's of Birmingham. So sometimes it treatment for five days in a row which yeah. means we stay overnight in a, in a hotel yeah so you know one of those times we stayed overnight in a hotel and like a tornado came through which i mean we were safe you know so it was so it was fine but you know we kept we were trying to watch tv and the tv kept messing up and so this one channel was the only channel that worked It's like paranormal activity channel and so we oh. were just <laughs> like, we were bored and he was having his guitar and he already had this kind of melody in his head and chord progression that was kind of his funky campy song you know type of, and then people were saying all these weird phrases because of those paranormal activity they were like oh no it's coming to get me it's a big worm it's in the sky and we're like hey those people are so <laughs> wacky that is some lyrical material right there so we yeah. just pulled phrases from whatever oh saying. my god and that became, it became a song. Big, worm. That became yep. big worm
3: you know yeah. you know so <laughs>
5: yeah. that's one of my songs big that's worm.
3: fantastic well, I just have one one more question for you, and that is: now you guys are kind of on the other side of where the music started. Do you have thoughts about uh, the work that Kenley and Nathan have done? You've heard some of the songs. What do you think?
0: I, I told I told Nathan, I said, "Look, when you're with Kenley, right. sop up as much as he's pumping out. You know, just just learn from him, listen actively to him." And then just try to apply it to your own musical expressions.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too, this is going to be a fantastic, you know, relationship, and they would be able to work together really well. And he would really enjoy it because one of the first times that that he, that uh, I mean, you know, we just kind of arranged it, you know, and he was going to meet him on Zoom, and you know, and then Kenley showed him Logic, oh, and yeah. his eyes just said. Like, I saw Logic, and I've done some things in GarageBand, but this is, like, amazing. And we're like, you can learn Logic, too. That's incredible and gives you so much more. So we already had some of those concepts, you know, but Kenley's been able to take it really to that next level, where he's hearing some of the nuance and figuring out, again, would be good for this section. Um, You know, and Kenley's, I think, been able to pull out, you know, Nathan's fantastic ear, you know, and kind of using that, you know, uh, to you know, to their advantage, to create some really fantastic sounds and music, and yeah. and and Nathan's always looking forward to, oh, what's Kenley going to suggest for this one, you know that I've just come up with, yeah. you know, what are some ideas, you know, he's eager to bounce things off of uh, Kenley and the other musicians, in their America group, you know, and hear their thoughts, and yeah. and that's how you learn, you know, you're scaffolding upon each other and and, and trying new things. And yeah unfortunately kenny
0: talks out loud as he do i um, mean he's uh, that's one thing i noticed that he does very well as he, he 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 talks out loud explains as he goes along and i'm just i just like nathan's got a dedicated room in the house where he just got all stuff i just go up and you know grab the door and close it quickly and let them alone and let them do their thing and it's a, usually he comes out i mean he's, he's usually got a, a, a good half hour a discussion to tell us what they just recapped on. So it's, it's pretty interesting.
3: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So I think Cancer america has done for Nathan is really helping kind of, you know, bring his ideas to life, you know, notify them you know, in in different genres of music and different types and really kind of explore.
3: Well, thank you so much. And I also think that you're super cool because as I said, um, having family members, your parents that want to help with the songwriting process and also just to hang out like you have and encourage Nathan is really remarkable. So I just want to thank you so much. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I see great things happening for Nathan and also with your family. And um, we appreciate your time and hopefully we'll talk to you again at some point soon. I. I I seem to have this feeling that Nathan will probably have a pretty long musical career. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not, not yeah. I'm trying. Did, uh, did he tell you what he's doing this weekend? What are you doing this weekend?
5: Oh, yeah. This weekend, it, it's a part of my my make-a-wish. Um, I, I decided to uh, go on stage with a band. A band? Festival. Which band? St. Paul and the Broken Bones. I'll be going on stage.
3: Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. He's gonna
5: get—he's he's gonna, get, gonna get a chance to
0: play lead guitar with—with with the headlining this coming Saturday. Yeah, yeah. At the,
5: uh, I'll, I'll play two songs. It's gonna be—it's gonna be really cool.
4: Okay, so I have a tip. I have a tip. Yeah, you ready for my tip? Yeah, sure. My live tip. Okay, I did not make this up. I just heard this from. I'm a big Prince fan. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Prince and the Revolution. I would imagine (laughs) some of you are. And one of my favorite, I I like personally to latch on to guitar players that aren't like the normal guitar gods. So one of my favorite guitar players is a woman named Wendy Melvoin, who was Wendy from Wendy and Lisa and Prince's band in the Revolution. And she's gone on to do a lot of scoring. They did all the music for Nurse Jackie. They also had a band together. And she's, to me, one of my favorite guitar players. And she talked about the best advice Prince ever gave her was when she felt like she was very excited on stage, which generally musicians tend to rush when they're on stage because they're excited, to think of everything mm-hmm. in halftime. So instead of feeling the quarter notes, feel it, I guess, in a half note or feel it like you're cutting time in half. So if you're feeling the band behind you, Nathan, if you could, even if you listen to some music now that may be up-tempo and kind of start thinking of it in halftime, that will probably keep your tempo closer to not feeling rushed because you're going to be excited. It's going to be a new experience. You're kind of probably going to have a little bit of an out of body experience, which is totally normal. But if you really want to, you know, like sort of be able to sort of sit back in the groove and kind of do that, that could be good advice. I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. That's cool.
3: and this is why Kenley is Kenley.
4: Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah,
3: thank you so much for a wonderful day and for a wonderful hang. And I'd love to see video. If there's video, please make sure that we have it. Yes.
4: Yes. Oh, so we
3: can share it.
4: You must see that.
3: And uh, yeah, and we'll we'll see you guys all again. And thank you so much for spending some time with us.
4: Thanks, guys. Right, thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. What a pleasure. You know, we talk about, like I'm going to mention to Nathan that Aaron and I have talked about in other episodes about the community that has been built that's better than all of us. And Nathan is a huge part of that community. And and we mentioned other, other playback artists have their place in the community. And I think Nathan has really been somebody that people look up to with his musicianship and, and honestly, his good attitude. You know, Nathan is a little closer to his cancer experience than some of the other playback artists. You know, not all of them.
2: What do you I mean, mean like, by that?
4: you know, I mean, there's definitely been other playback artists who I've met in the middle of their chemo. I mean, to be straight up about it, because it's not a visual medium, like Nathan was going through his chemo. He didn't have any hair when we first met. Right, Nathan? I mean, that's, you know, and that happens. Yeah, sometimes. that's true. You know, so it's like he's transformed physically since we've been working together, where now he's recovering and recovering and he he's back more to his old self, which is awesome to see as his, you know, friend, mentor, you know, a collaborator. Um, I don't think that's something that people know out there. You know, like sometimes we'll be we'll have playback artists who are five, six, seven years out of their cancer experience. And even though it it always has an impact on them, it's part of their experience and who they are, and it shaped them. you know, in talking to Nathan, like people have to realize like he's he's um, you know, closer to it. When we met, he was, you know, like I said, he was in Birmingham in the hospital. and um, and just the thing I really wanted to say, was how what a great attitude Nathan has, you know what I mean? And it's not to say that other people that I know and play it back don't have good attitudes. But like, every time we come onto a session, we're both so psyched to see each other. We're so psyched to make music. He's got a great attitude. Now, that's not to say that I, I don't want to put in the future because we're still working together that Nathan can't ever feel down or not have a smile on his face. He doesn't have to. That's fine but he seems to always do that. And maybe my question to Nathan is like, how do you do that? You know, like you've been through so much at such a young age, you know, I know you pretty well now as a musician and and, and all that, but like, where do you think that comes from? That sort of, you know, you're, you're, you have such a good attitude.
5: Well, I mean, the way I see things, it's just, why would you have a bad attitude? All that does is bring other people. I mean, you. what you wanna do is you wanna lift other people up in life. And that's what I strive to do every single day. I mean, I seldom complain. I've, I've never really complained about my cancer experience. I've, I mean, never. I've. There's been days where I've felt really, really bad. And I, I mean, all I have to do is just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> And I mean, mm. no one else has to know about that, but I mean, it, it is kind of, a, I guess I would say a toxic trait. Cause I mean, it it kind of harms me. I mean, there's something beneficial to talking about your experience and what you went through and how you feel. But I mean, that's just, something that I I don't really like to do is I feel like that's a burden to put on other people. And I just, I mean, that's probably something I need to work on is to uh, talk about my feelings and so forth. But I mean, (laughs) it's, it's a work in progress.
4: Yeah. I totally, I was going to say, I totally get that. And I appreciate that. And I will say like having been a 16 17 year old young man myself at some point this is one of the things that just being able to express it that way Nathan you're light years ahead of most other young men like yourself who haven't been through what you've been through you know just to know that you you know yeah. have a hard uh you know that you feel like it's a bit of a you know, there's that, there's that, that a little bit of, to me, at least my interpretation is, there's a little bit of wrestling with like, I want to not bring people down, but also I know it's good for me to talk about it. And these are the kind of things that like, you know, it's just amazing that you even think of that. And, um, and just, I think people out there hearing you express it like that is it's really moving actually, you know, um, to know that, uh, you even consider that? And, and I love that. And, you know, I'll say this, for the future, and 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 for the future, as us working together in the future is like, you can always lay that stuff out. You could always let the sludge out in the music, in the session, and talk about it and get it out. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's one of the the gifts that that I have coming to the program is that, you know, my choices as a young man were to go to hospitals and to volunteer, and I feel very comfortable uh, because you know there's a lot of people out there that I've seen firsthand going through cancer, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but like, you know, the difference between Nathan and the majority of the population is that he's just gone through it at a young age, but I'd say most of us will probably go through it in our lives. I hate to say it, but it's just a fact of life. You live long enough, you're, you're, you know, that happens. So that all being said, man, thanks so much for sharing that. And, uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: What this show does, and what we like to do, is to have a platform where people that are listening, kids that are going through treatment right now, can hear your story and know what you went through. And obviously, it's always, we all have stuff that is very uncomfortable to talk about or that you don't want to rock the boat or whatever it is. And, Kenley, you nailed it when you said, you know, that's what writing the music is for, because that's, it's surprising how it comes out of you musically and sometimes it comes out at really weird times or you weren't planning on saying that, but it happens. And, you know, um, the, the program is for everyone that has an interest in music. You are an incredible musician, but it encourages everyone. If they want to participate, they have something that they want to put down on paper to express themselves or whatever that is. That's what this program is, is there for. So you're, you're helping somebody else along in addition to helping yourself, you know, and improving your own quality of life by being able to express yourself and, and work with incredible people that are inspirational. So you're, you are a remarkable human being. Thank you. I appreciate it.
4: Yeah. I got to say one other thing, Aaron, and I'll let you know, Nathan knows about this, but Nathan's one of the more recent songs we worked on, we're not really talking about it today, but it's a song called "Enemies," and I would say, it's, Nathan, would you say that's probably like your darker song, darkest song to date?
5: <laughs> I'd say so. The, the chord progression it, it evokes some some uh, some darker feelings, I'd say. So, yeah, uh,
4: yeah, and I, yeah. and I think that that, for instance, is a song that that I don't know that you would have gotten to without kind of feeling the freedom to just kind of say whatever you wanted to say. You know, you say you're such a strong yeah. songwriter even now, where it can be interpreted in many ways, right? I mean, the way I hear it though now is like there's a certain amount of like cleansing that that song probably does for you too, and I, especially the Aaron at the end of that particular song, it's like this kind of low-key kind of mostly acoustic thing in the very beginning and like softly spoken almost like elliot smith kind of vocals happening and then counts in one two and like basically like a metal outro and he's playing everything playing everything you know and it's like (laughs) this exorcism you know and i think that um i just love that like you have a place for that, Nathan. You know, there you could always do it in the music. You don't have to sit and talk about it and tell everyone how you're feeling if you don't want to. It, but let yeah. it come out in your music. That's beautiful. And even if it's something, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just I feel like
5: what I lack in the ability to talk about my feelings, I make it for in writing songs and singing about my feelings. And I mean yeah. that it's it is in a way cleansing for
3: me. And It's cathartic. Yeah.
5: Yes, exactly. Yeah. I just learned what that word is today.
3: <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I was here for yeah. you, man. <laughs> so before we get too too much further down this path, I want to go back. Let's listen because I want to hear how this song ends. I want to hear where this song takes us to. So let's listen now to the end process of this newfound freedom of the DMV. We'll be right back.
5: Gonna find a girl and bring her along. Tap my toes to an old legal song. You found freedom from the DMV. And that girl ain't restricted me. Got some places I need the bee. Take you with me for a modest fee. So hurry up, man Let's make it official A cross-country trip Will be beneficial Before I go I want to offer my thanks Now I've got the issue Of filling up my tank We found freedom From the DMV we travel the world And it's all for free We found freedom From the DMV
3: so good that's awesome that funk that bass
4: the, funk yeah. is and the, e, the eagle thing you know we had a nathan and i had a good time i think actually for a while that eagle cry was me going Ca-caw! like like <laughs> referencing like a wes anderson movie, like pop bottle rocket or whatever but when we both thought it was funny but then we were like maybe we should just get like a real eagle sound and put it in so,
3: oh it's so yeah. good it's so good. That that's when everybody is going to stop dancing and go, "What?" You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah, that is a great great yeah. tune. His
4: pocket and his vocal wow. is a thing that surprises me a lot. You know, that's not it's not a normal, it's not an everyday thing. So I, I love that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I don't think you thought of yourself much as a singer Nathan before any of this, did you?
5: No, I thought myself mostly as a drummer and a guitarist. I was kind of wishy-washy about my vocals and I never really had like vocal training and I, I did I mean I was an amateur vocal when, but when I started working with Kenley I mean that's when I really started singing more and I, I got the hang of singing and I think I've improved a lot since I started totally
4: Yeah. I think you have a really cool delivery. I think that's so much about being a vocalist. It's not necessarily about... I mean, you see it with all these shows, right? American Idol and The Voice. It's like, oh, they sing really nicely, but they don't sound that interesting, right? And it's like, you know, Bruce Springsteen would have been booted off The Voice in a heartbeat, you know what I mean? And Bob Dylan or whoever, people with it, or or Frank Zappa or some of our favorite uh, singers. And so... It's really about that unique delivery, which you really do have, you know, you have this very cool, unique delivery. And I just, I love it. You know, the idea that you, the funny thing to me is, you know, as somebody who would, I considered myself a singer for a long time, about training, like, I would say, like, run from training as a singer, like, to me, training is only if you're playing five shows a week, and you need to not lose your voice. Your training is yeah. sing along to your favorite music, write songs, sing those songs. That's training. After that, it's like just train so that you can keep your voice together for shows, if that's what you need to do.
3: It's called overproducing, yeah. you know, and what happens is, especially as kids, you know, that are trying to get into the business or learn the business, there's a tendency to want to oversaturate them. And what it does is it leaves you generic. There's no uniqueness. There's no... um quality to your voice. Everybody starts to sound the same and it's, you can't grow that way. You know, it works for the moment, but if you want to have a career, that's going to sustain for a long period of time, you've got to be you. If you start sounding like somebody else, it doesn't last long. So it sounds like you're doing everything right. And you have been ever since you were four years old, you know, you picked up the drums and you've really progressed on your own and it's because of your own drive and your own success because of that. So I wanted to just ask, so you guys have written a lot of songs now, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Nathan has really run with it, you know? So, so the process right now has gone from originally us, like, Trying to write face to face, or at least like you know, with a dollar store kid, which was the first song we wrote together. Then there was this, which we kind of he we wrote together in a way. He wrote it, but like he kind of told me what to play certain parts, and then he played overdubs and all these things. And now it's gotten to the process where he just gets himself together, puts down his tracks, writes his song, sends it to me, and I'm showing him more mixing things, arrangement things producing things as far as like, Oh, this is all great, but maybe now we need a tambourine here or we need a different change or, or we need another acoustic guitar yeah. or, or so that, you know, he's becoming even more fully functional, which is awesome. You know,
3: that's great. But, that's great. And you're helping, you're, you're working with other playback you, artists as yeah, well. yeah
4: I've worked with, um
5: I've worked with AC, I think. Yeah. And DC, um, yep. I think, is that the only
4: one that
3: I've worked? Was that on "I'm Not Gonna Wear Black"? Is that the song that no, we talked about? No, I think about? it
4: was on um, "Dance with Me." "Dance with Me," a song called yeah. "Dance with Me," but um, no, he he's lent tracks to a few other artists. I'm I'm blanking right now on who, but but a few other artists. I know everyone knows to go to Nathan for guitar tracks. Yeah. Um, actually, someone else is now singing a background on another track. You know, he's very prolific. Probably the most prolific out of the playback artists right now, and um, so, like, we have another track that he did with his. Well, maybe you want to talk about it. We're not, we're not gonna play it today, but, but uh, his his guitar teacher from Nashville. They did a track together that we started to put together and, and add other elements. He has another playback artist named Melissa who's singing on it. Um, it's an instrumental track mostly. <laughs> it's just a vocal sort of like instrumental vocal thing. But um, anyway, so just really prolific, really giving. Nathan is just, you know, and also like one of the younger people in the program, but so mature.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, this, this comes to the conclusion where I always say, you know, um, this is a community. It's a community that everybody in the program has embraced and um, paid it forward to let other people know about the community. And that's what we are all about and Nathan, I really want to just tell you that I've said it throughout this episode, but you really are a remarkable person. I think that you're, you're going to shine through to everybody else that's watching you and hearing you. And I definitely think that we will be hearing a lot more of you musically. And I'm really excited about that. So I would ask, you know, um, let us know when you've got some more stuff to share and we will make sure that we are able to support you with all of that. Um, and last but not least, what I always ask our playback artists is for somebody that's going through cancer treatment right now, maybe they've just been diagnosed, maybe they're in the middle of their process. Do you have any words of wisdom to somebody that's going through, you know, their hard time?
5: Um, someone who has gone through that whole treatment thing. I mean, it's been, it's going to suck a lot. (laughs) Um, I mean, what do you say to someone who's going through something like that? I mean, you, you, there's nothing that you can really say to make it better. It, nothing's going to make it better. Un- time is the only thing that will make it better. You just have to wait through it and wait for it. And even though you're going to feel really, really bad, you have to make good of it at different moment. And you might not feel like it. You definitely won't feel like it, but you just have to try and that's,
3: (laughs) well, that was beautifully said. I don't think you can say it any better than that. And I think that we'll leave that, you know, you've, you've given, you've given a lot of hope and a lot of realness, which I think is very important. And I really look forward to talking to you and seeing you again. And thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I can't wait to share it.
5: Sure. Sure. Thank you.
3: Okay, we have an exclusive for you. Please go to our website, teencanceramerica.org, go to the Play It Back program, and you can listen and stream the full song of DMV Newfound Freedom and learn much more about Teen Cancer America and this exceptional program. Also, this is really important. This is a call out to you. If you are interested in contributing to our Playback program, maybe you're a musician, singer, engineer, Please drop us a note through the website and let us know. We would love to hear from you. Last but not least, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing our stories. Next week, I'll be back with another incredible Play It Back artist. So stay tuned.
2: The Real Me is presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts, Hosted by Erin Alden, produced by Christian Swain and Erin Alden all music performed by the play it back music players led by kenley mattis sound design by jerry danielson and please visit teencanceramerica.org to listen to today's full song and to find out more information on these amazing young people and if you can please donate even the price of a cup of coffee would greatly be appreciated by us and anything you can do to help these young people will be richly rewarded i'm sure